We rank the top 10 OHLers of the 2024 NHL Draft, along with some honorable mentions and a lot of analysis coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects already for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be ranking our top 10 OHLers, comparing each other's lists, and having a lot of debates on who should be ranked where. Uh, among the best OHLers of the 2024 NHL Draft. We also have three honorable mentions each. Uh, so we'll compare our lists and kind of break down how things go on that side, talk about the best players and the players that just missed the cut. Before we get into any of that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bets. That's uh, that's $200 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you're listening to this, make sure to leave us a rate and review. It helps out the channel out a lot. And make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So let's get started with the honorable mentions. We'll work our way up here. Um, talk me through your personal honorable mentions here um, that just missed the cut for the top 10 for the OHL's best players. Yeah, I, I picked out four. I think you picked out three. Uh, and I picked out four because I had to go with a set of twins. And I couldn't really separate them because I've liked both in my viewings. So I went both with uh, Luca Morelli of the Oshawa Generals and Frankie Morelli of the Ottawa 67s in my honorable mentions. I've watched a lot more of Frankie, who is by far like the less highly rated player in this draft class compared to Luca. Like you've definitely watched more of Luca Morelli than I have, yeah. but I've seen flashes of Luca Morelli, like really I, I, looking at like a really interesting defenseman. He's quite adaptable. The skating is a real plus with Frankie Morelli. The production is way lower because he's in far less of an offensive, like liberal role in Ottawa because Henry Muse is kind of hogging all the power play minutes for on the blue line there. But he's been really interesting with this combination of mobility and creativity and overall like, playmaking game and, and and puck distribution game he's a really good mover of the puck he uses his feet really well to open up passing lanes and he hits them accurately i've liked him in my viewings and he's a player that i think i'd be personally targeting in like the the, the mid to late rounds i think he'd be available long like, like later on than, than than i think he should be available so he's an underrated little player that i want to kind of squeeze in here but Apart from that, the two other HMs that I have are certainly a bit more mainstream in terms of OHL talent. And I went with Carter George, goaltender, uh, who is quite big and really quite solid. I've, I've liked my viewings. He hasn't been spectacular by any means as a whole, but he's been real solid. And I think he deserves a mention as a goaltender coming out of the O. And the other one is Anthony Cristoforo, who is quite skilled, has had some really brilliant flashes. The metrics with him are really, really intriguing in terms of uh, kind of tilting the ice in his team's favor, despite it not always being the prettiest. Like the, like the mistake, when he makes a mistake, it's often a really bad one and, and, and it hurts to watch. And yeah. and I can see why he's been falling down the draft boards. But he was a player that was being discussed in that, that first round range. 
towards the beginning of the draft cycle uh, and and has really fallen out of that uh, in the last couple months, yeah. but is a player that I think deserves at least a little look in in like that third or fourth round range if, if he's available there. For sure. He's one of the players who just missed my list of 10 honorable mentions in my personal top 64, which came out a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, I have, I have five honorable mentions in those uh, in those HMs. And of those guys, uh, there's a couple or well, there's one who's actually in the top 64. So it's a, it's a pretty good OHL draft. I, I think personally for me, the three honorable mentions that stand out are Gabriel Frasca, who was injured for the first pretty much half of the season and has joined Kingston and done a really good job in the last couple of games. And my first ranking came out um, maybe four or five days after he had just come back from injury. And since then, he's made himself kind of a, a solid in my top 64. I've been really impressed with the off-puck movement, the goal-scoring ability. Uh, he's a pretty decent playmaker as well. Um so yeah, he's currently ranked uh, 57th in, in my rankings. Um, and the other two are the honorable mentions. So uh, you mentioned Carter George. He's also in this conversation for me. Uh, he's a goalie who I, I don't think is the best goalie in this draft. Do you think I think he's second best? Um, but I mean, overall, you're looking at a, at a goalie who really works in that well, um, uses his posts really well as kind of reference points on low to hype shots and, um, really active hands as well. Keeps his hands in front of him and uses them well. And, you know, he's kind of undersized, uh, but I like the way that he moves in the crease. It's, it's pretty interesting to see his footwork as well. Um, and the other honorable mention I have is Ben Danford. Danford barely missed a cut for me in the top 64 and is a really interesting uh, player. We talked about him in our last episode of January um, regarding the top prospects game. He was really solid, really dependable, and was making really simple plays. Um, and that's been a constant for him uh, in the OHL. Uh, and yeah, I mean, his play with Oshawa has been pretty interesting. He he, he shared some ice time with uh, Luca Morelli at times, but they've mainly been on separate pairs. Um, and the two are kind of neck and neck for me. I, I can't, I can't, I can't really separate them at this point. They're both honorable mentions. So Morelli's another one who just missed a cut for me. Um, but yeah, we'll move into, uh, the first two players uh, at the bottom of the top 10. Um, so who's your 10th ranked player, uh, so far in the OHL? I, I went with Lucas Fisher, who is not a player that we've really talked about much on the podcast. Uh, and he's not one that I've seen a ton of. This is more of a swing based off of a profile that I find quite intriguing. Uh, he has a lot of the the foundations that, that you kind of want to see in a potential like more shut down defensive oriented defenseman. He's quite big. He's six foot three, one hundred and seventy pounds. He can really he could really grow into that frame with time, and maybe caps out at like six four and two hundred pounds. I know that Brock Otten, who watches more OHL hockey than anybody else that I know, uh, is quite a big fan of his, and that's gotten me to at least take take a little look at him. and And he's been quite interesting. Like he's he's full of flaws. He's he's far from perfect, but he makes mistakes and he's actually actively learning from them. And he's not afraid of trying things. And they often backfire, but that that, that desire to attempt things with the profile of like potential shutdown defenseman with uh, some pretty solid defensive habits. I like the way that he can clear the net front. Uh, the transition defending is a bit hit or miss in my viewings, but when it's a hit, it's really quite good. He can keep his gaps really tight, match footwork well. And overall, it's kind of a swing on, on profile and upside, far more so than in terms of a swing on what we already see in terms of the on-ice performances as of right now, which are certainly a bit more shaky than they are like, like comforting or solid, but I, I think he has an interesting profile as a whole. So he, he's in a 10 for me. 
Yeah, this makes me really wonder who you have uh, outside of the top 10, because Lucas Fisher is another one who missed the cut for me among the honorable mentions. Uh, my 10th ranked player is Jet Lachenko. Um, and he did a really good job at the at the um, on ice testing at the top prospects game. But even before that, having watched a couple games of his um, as of late, I've been really impressed with the way that he moves off the puck, uh, the effort level, the intensity, the energy, and uh, the pace in this game. Um, now, on top of that, he's just really fluid with the puck and makes good decisions with it. I, I still see that I still see a decent gap between him and the other players in this in this ranking. Um, he's still a player that I would take a shot on in the mid to late second round at best, but he's still a really really good option if you're looking for a a really a speedy but smart player with a lot of effort in this game. It's it's a good combination of skills to have. Um, let's go to ninth overall now. I have Sam O'Reilly, who I think personally is one of the most intelligent players out of the OHL. He's really, really smart, really defensively capable and dependable. Um, he's not the best skater, but he's still able to get around a decent amount, but mainly he compensates for his lack of pace with really good off-puck positioning, great stick work. He reminds me of a slower Owen Beck at times. Um, that makes me curious of who you have at nine. Cause like I said, the player you have at 10, I don't have in my HMs and a couple players I have in my HMs. You don't, you didn't mention. So I'm like really curious as to where this is going. I mean, like, like Sam O'Reilly and Ben Danford were both guys that I easily could have put in my HMs. Like, I think they're certainly within a tier that certainly goes up to, like, number eight or seven uh, on this, including the HMs. Like, there's just... It's the OHL. There's always a lot of bodies, a lot of names. For sure. uh, but at nine, I went with a player that I'm very positive that you have right around this range as well in Ryerson Leanders. Uh, he's a goaltender that, that for me so far has been probably the most impressive of the bunch in this draft class. He's very young for the draft class. He's a June 1st birthday, which always helps projection a little bit. He's on the smaller size of, in terms of goaltenders at just 6'1 and 179. But I've really liked his performances all season long for Mississauga, and that's been a team that I've, I've been watching quite a bit over the last the last two years. And I remember last season thinking that the tools were intriguing, but there's still so much that had to come together. And that seemed to really happen quite well over the summertime. Like he's developed a lot in the last year. And I like those types of trajectories when it comes to players and especially with goaltenders. Uh, and yeah, he he's a classic style of like smart, capable, composed, undersized goaltender who stops the puck really, really well, but it's going to fall down draft boards because he's a bit smaller than like his, the, the six foot six counterparts that are always available uh, in terms of goaltenders on draft day. For sure. And yeah, I'm a big fan of Leanders as well. We'll get into that in our second segment. We break down picks eight through four. Uh, we'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. On top of enjoying all of the fun advertisements and the wacky ideas that, that, that those brands come up with, uh, on Super Bowl Sundays, I love to open up FanDuel for a Nice old single game parlay. Even more exciting than your average old weekend game, a Super Bowl single game parlay really ramps up the stakes. And especially if your team isn't playing, it can be really, really fun and a lot less anxiety inducing than sports bet betting often can be. So you can uh, put your feet up on the couch and, and enjoy Super Bowl Sunday with a good old bet on FanDuel. New customers who join today and you can get $200 in free bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book of the NFL. All right, so we're at eighth overall now, working our way up the rankings of the top OHLers of the 2024 NHL draft. And at eighth overall, I've got the player that you just ranked at ninth, Ryerson Leanders. I'm a big fan of this player. Um, you mentioned him really well. I think I think your breakdown is, is, is really precise. This is a player who's undersized, but uses his, uses his tools really, really well. The one thing I'd add on top of the intelligence and the awareness of his surroundings and the way that he moves um, is the footwork. Uh, he, he adjusts his footwork in really small, intricate kind of patterns, which keep his chest square to the puck and a lot of his saves will seem easy but on top of that this is a prospect who is currently at if you include the top prospects game 14 starts in a row uh which is very rare in the ohl you'll see a lot of rotation so the steelheads really trust leanders and net um they know what he can do they know what he can bring on a game-to-game basis and then his numbers don't lie he's got really really good numbers as well for an ohler um overall yeah he's my eighth overall pick and I'm curious to hear yours because again, we didn't compare lists before doing this, so this is this is fully new to me. Talk me through it. You already mentioned this player, so I'm going to keep it a little bit shorter. But I went with Jet Lachenko here. I think that this is a player who has demonstrated a quite impressive degree of playmaking ability and 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 overall motor in the viewings I've caught so far. On top of uh, the various overall tools that he re- was really able to showcase in the the like the, the tracking of uh, of. The, the, the skills in the CHL top prospects game where he just completely eviscerated his competition in multiple of those events. And, and those are tools that we talked about like in the last episode as well. And, 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 and how it's intriguing, but certainly does not uh, make him a slam dunk player by any means, just because he was able to dominate that competition. But this yeah. is a player that, that I, I've liked quite a bit. I think the flashes of upside and skill and tenacity and playmaking are really quite intriguing. The fact that he's leading, uh, a, a relatively mediocre Guelph Storm team in points is also certainly a, a nice little thing to add into there. But I still have some questions of just like how high end he can be as a player. So I, I definitely had some pause along with you when I spotted him inside the top 32 of Bob McKenzie's midterm rankings. But and while I'm not quite there yet by any means, I, I do like him enough to have him in that, that second round conversation here. For sure. And, you know, this obviously makes sense for me. I mean, Luchenko can work his way up, and I think he could be one of those players who by the end of the year kind of solidifies himself as a first rounder. Bob McKenzie is very, very rarely wrong about this kind of stuff. So we'll we'll, we'll, de- we'll delegate to him on that. Uh, I'm not sold on his first round value yet, but we'll, we'll see how that goes as the year goes on. Um, at seventh overall, I have Cole Baudouin. Uh, who I think really worked his, his magic really well in, in the top prospects game. And since the start of the year, it's been par for the course. I mentioned him in the last episode as well. Baldwin is a player who um, plays inside contact extremely well, who uses his physical tools really well in combination with really good technique uh, along the boards to separate from opponents, to shield the puck, to make plays you know, in the middle of a, of a puck protection technique, like he'll, he'll have his leg out and his arm out and he'll still be able to one hand the pass really accurately to his teammate to kind of keep the play alive, that kind of stuff. So I think he could become one of the best puck protector, puck protectors out of his draft. My question is how much are the offensive tools going to improve and make him a bona fide um, kind of NHL top six, or I don't think that's a, I don't think that's as likely as other prospects, but the the chance is still there, um, which puts him right in this range for me. Uh, Who do you have at seventh, though? 
I have Beckett Seneca, which is I think a little bit lower than than he is in your range, obviously. But he's a player that that, that has impressed me. I think there's, there's a decent jump up in tiers between seven and eight for me. Like I think yeah. that 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 Seneca is a significantly more exciting prospect in my eyes compared to Jet Luchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Seneca, you get a player who is really quite intelligent. I love the way he's able to connect plays uh, at, like with pace as well through transition and in the offensive zone. Yeah, uh, he's consistently getting to the good. Sp- play- places on the ice like there's, there's definitely a reason that our ohl scout at dauber prospects jordan harris has been a really big fan of seneca all all year long because he is really really easy to enjoy to scout and to watch like he yeah. does a lot of the small things really quite well his skating as we've seen from the chl top prospects uh um testing is is a bigger strength than it looks like at first glance he gets around the ice very very effectively even though it isn't like the most fluid or pretty stride in the world it's really really practical and he gets around the ice really well so he's a player that i've I've liked quite a bit in my viewings i think that the individual skills at the high-end tools are not quite at the level that make him a slam dunk like first round pick in my eyes but there's a lot there to like and and i can definitely understand why he'd be a bit higher up on your board than he is on mine for sure but not too high though because i have him sixth overall Ah, uh, there we go among ohl (laughs) prospects uh and yeah i mean Everything you said is spot on. I would just add that this is defensive game is probably like top three, top four in the draft among forwards. Okay. Like he's a really good defensive player and he utilizes that intelligence and that pace really well to com- combine with his motor to just constantly make defensive plays and, you know, lift sticks and create turnovers. I think that's a really translatable part of his game. It's the reason why I have him as kind of a, a later first round pick. It's mainly because there are so many different ways in which he can impact the score sheet. And yeah, he's not the best shooter. He's not the best playmaker. Um, but he's still competent enough in those two areas that I think he's not going to have much of a problem making a middle six. It's just a matter of, you know, does he play as a bona fide third liner or does he become a complimentary piece on a second line? And if he can get a complimentary piece on a second line out of a later first round pick, that's really good value. Um, but then we enter the top five. My fifth overall pick is Henry Muse. Um, I think this is a really interesting prospect. And I still have my sixth overall pick. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. I just want to mention Muse real quick because I really, really like him. Um, he's a really good transition player. His, his breakout game is really solid. His, his, the way he carries the puck out of his zone, really impressive. You watch a lot of him as well, but talk me through your pick six and five real quick. I mean, I'll get to Muse as well at five. Uh, I have him there as well. But at, at six first, I've got Cole Boudouin. So we we had Be- Seneca and Boudouin swap positions. Swap, yeah, exactly. I've seen a little bit more of Boudouin, which makes me feel a little bit more comfortable having him a bit higher. I love the the way that that he's he has such a clear identity as a player already, which is yeah. so translatable translatable to a quite valuable NHL role. He's not going to be a top six piece by any stretch of the imagination, but I see a really solid like puck protecting defensive oriented center on a third line that that I could be like a really solid bet for like a shutdown role in the future. Yeah. I think that like he is already trusted to take like the biggest like most important faceoffs for his team. Uh, he he is a really, really solid defensive piece, and I've, I've loved his work on the PK in my viewings. Like, I, I there's one game where he was in town in, in Ottawa, and I think Ottawa had like five, like five consecutive power plays in the, the second and third periods, and uh, the amount of chances that were just like repeatedly shut down by Bedouin was really impressive to me. And yeah, uh, he, he's a player that 
lacks like high end offensive tools. It, 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 like he's not not the greatest puck handler. He's not super fluid. He's not the most dynamic. He's very much linear and get the puck up the ice and like plan himself at the net front. Try to create something in that chaotic area uh, right down low. But that simplicity is something that I, I I've quite enjoyed to see him lean into this season where last year he's still trying to kind of pinpoint what he does best this yeah. year he's really been zeroing in on what he is so good at and i like it when players are so self-aware in that in that facet and he's a really solid bet in like that the top end of the second round in my book yeah. but quickly uh henry muse player i love a lot as as you mentioned uh really 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 great skater he's super mobile in all four directions he is a really solid passer very intelligent very composed with the puck on a stick he's at his best with the puck on a stick in my viewings uh really solid distributor on the power play really can dictate play in the offensive zone uh i would love to see him be a little bit less conservative with the puck uh he can he can kind of like fall back into a very very safe role which is very much what the system in ottawa encourages defensemen to do we saw it with mintukov last season there as well yeah. but he has the tools to really become a far more dynamic player than he's shown so far and uh while the defensive game is more of a work in progress than the offensive game is uh where like he makes some blunders that can be just a bit painful to watch and and sometimes his gap control is just way poorer than it should be considering just how mobile and intelligent he is like he he's very capable at matching footwork off the rush keeping that gap really tight applying that pressure but it it can fade away at times and he's being played a lot of minutes perhaps a few more a night than he's comfortable playing in ottawa so mistakes happen but he's a player whose upside i'm still quite a big fan of and i think that the dynamism the dynamism in his game has really not been shown to its fullest capacity very consistently this year and it's one of the reasons that he's a bit of like an underrated gem in my book because i've, I've seen him really flash very very brightly in, in spurts with ottawa for sure yeah and you know right-handed defenseman who can move the puck or at a premium and i don't think he's going to last long on draft day but that wraps things up for a second segment we'll get into our third segment where we talk about some uh about the top four prospects for us in the ohl um we'll compare our list and kind of break this down after these messages from our sponsors at locked on nhl prospects Alrighty, so let's close this off with the top four. Um, I'm going to start really easily at fourth overall. I think it's a clear cut. Luke Misa. Um, amazing pace. Fantastic transition ability. Um, just so agile with the puck. He's really wriggly as well. He's able to weave out a pressure extremely well. Um, great defensively. Great work rate. I think the only downside to Luke Misa is his lack of size, but like even that doesn't hold him back because I mean, if you're looking for a prospect who who thinks and skates at the same high speed uh, level, Luke Misa is exactly that, right? For sure, and I, I think like he he's definitely the, the the clear option at four, but he's not the one I went with actually. I I decided to to throw some fun in the mix here. For me, it's very much a 50-50 uh, with, with who's at three and four, and I'm sure it's going to be the other player here uh, for you at, at at three. Like I have Liam Greentree at four, even wow. though. I know, I know. It, it. I just wanted to have some fun with it because, you know, I'm a big fan of Luke Misa and I knew it would be boring if we have them ranked in the exact same spots. So I chose to just go with the uh -huh. hot take. So I'm going with, with uh, Liam Greentree uh, at four, which is a little bit, a little bit spicy because I, I'm a massive yeah. fan of him. I'm a massive fan of Liam Greentree. I think he's a solid bet into the top 10. I think he's definitely going to be picked higher than Luke Misa will be. But... Uh, 
what I love about Liam Greentree is just how professional his game is. It is so refined. He has so many high-level details down pat already. Really, really quite a, 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 a selfless player on the ice. Always tries to get the puck to areas where it should be rather than where he can bring it necessarily with the puck on his yep. stick. Uh, he he uses his, his line mates really very intelligently. He bosses his way down the middle of the ice. Uh, very, very middle-driven, which is what you want to see in physical wingers. He's not at all a player that gets pushed to the perimeter, and he gets a lot of really effective work done, like right tight around the goal. So I've been a massive fan of his. I mean, of course, like he's an 18-year-old captain in the OHL. He is pretty solid defensively, at least in terms of the engagement from what I've seen. Like the habits haven't been quite as sound as the consistent engagement has, but it's also a strength. Like this is a very well-rounded player, and I I can like. There's a reason that he's like the easy bet here at number three, but I, I wanted to throw some fun in the mix because Luke Misa is just a really special talent in my eyes. I've adored the pace. I love the way he's able to layer that pace in with his handling skill, with how with, with his quick processing ability, with his playmaking ability. There's a seamlessness to all of that that you don't see too, too often in players that are consistently being ranked outside the top 64 by most outlets. Uh, but but he, he he's just been wonderful to watch in my, my views i've been a huge fan of his going back to last season and i'm really confident that he's going to be an impactful nhl player now do i think he's going to be drafted anywhere near as high as liam greentree no but i think that he deserves to be in the same conversation at the very least and is in the same range so i'm making a little statement here so i'm going with Misa. yeah I, I i like I know. liam greentree <laughs> way too much to to have them flipped around i love luke misa he's also in my top 20 i just liam greentree is just on a different level in terms of his ability i, I think he can just hop in the nhl and do a decent job which i can't say for luke misa as, as much as i love him it's just beyond that i also think that green tree has just a translatability to his game that is that goes beyond just being a pro and playing like a pro and thinking the game maturely he just he's got the he's got the power he's got the inside ability he's got the advanced awareness and anticipation and he has a ridiculous wrister like it it's so good and at the beginning of the year i saw him more as just like a bona fide kind of sharpshooter but He's added layers and layers to his playmaking game that have made him just a complete offensive player. I really like his game. But let's get into the top two, and that's where it gets interesting because we have two defensemen. I'm I'm pretty sure we're on the same page here. Uh, I'm, I'm almost definitely sure we're on the same page here, but we the are. two players left for the OHL would be Sam Dickinson and Zane Parekh. And people might not like this because I've seen Zane Parekh in the 20s. I've seen Zane Parekh outside of the top 10. But for me... Zane Parekh is the best OHL available in the 2024 NHL draft. Are we on the same page for that? 100%. Fantastic. I don't think it's flipped for me in the last like three months. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a massive fan of Sam Dickinson as well. So it's yeah. it's by, by, by no means an insult to Sam Dickinson's projectability or value or high likelihood of being a really damn good NHL player for a really long time. Yeah. It's just that you don't see the level of dynamism that St. Perec has in defensemen every year. And it is so special to see him with the puck on a stick. And of course you're seeing people already making comparisons to players like Ryan Merkley, but there's a level of intelligence and composure and adaptability and a pace of learning and, and integrating new information into the way he plays that makes Perec a very, very comfortable 
NHL projection in my book. Like, yes, stylistically he has to evolve a little bit, but this is a player that has shown at every turn that he is able to learn and adapt and and continue to dominate against players that are way bigger than him. And he's not like a tiny defenseman by any means either. He's six foot, like what, 170 pounds-ish, which yeah. is like definitely on the smaller size side for defensemen, but it's not like tiny by any stretch of the imagination. And I've liked the way that, that, that he's been playing this season, like, all over the ice like the defensive game has improved a decent amount it's never going to be the best part of his game but it is increasingly not a net negative anymore which is a really important progression for him so perhaps a player that i've just adored watching this entire season and i know that you have too but sam dickinson's a pretty pretty solid contender for that top spot on this board Absolutely. I mean, they're fundamentally different players. Uh, Dickinson is very much your safe pick, and I think is definitely going to be the first pick of the two, especially for for teams that are looking for a bona fide NHL or an almost guaranteed top four defenseman. Uh, who's going to give you good, solid minutes and just be... I mean, I, I think Dickinson is the best defensive player out of this draft overall, period. And yeah, I mean, the defensive game is really, really solid. I've really enjoyed the improvements in his breakout game and his passing game. He's really aggressive, really violent in transition. I've seen him make... I've, I've tracked him make 18 defensive plays in the same period. Like, he's he gets involved and 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 breaks up plays regularly and consistently. But Zane Parekh's offensive upside... like. I think there's a chance that if Zane Parekh is developed properly, he could become a point per game defenseman in the NHL. Like that's not an out that's not a, an unreasonable likelihood with Parekh. He's that good. And not only is Zane Parekh the best player out of the, the the best OHL prospect for the 2024 NHL draft for me, but he's also the best defenseman in this draft as well. I have him ranked third overall. Dickinson's at six. Um and I have Parekh just ahead of Zeev Bouillon, who's having a fantastic season over in Denver in the NCAA. But, I mean, the things that Parekh do so well um, are just kind of staples of the NHL game. The transition ability, the the look-off passes, the the ability to find a pass through three layers and hit a hit a saucer through a, a, a just a crowd of sticks. Um, I've seen him make plays through two pairs of skates. Like, it's just, he's, he has that ability to just instinctively know what pass to make at what moment. And he's so manipulative from the blue line. He's a great, he's a great stick handler. He's a fantastic skater as well. And I've always said that the the defensive lackings with Perek have been overblown. I don't think it's as big of a concern as people are making it out to be. He's not a bad defensive player. People think of players of this archetype and immediately think of, you know, Ryan Merkley and Eric Brandstrom and all that stuff. Like Zane Perek is Zane Perek. He's not any of those guys. He's a completely different breed of, of offensive defenseman. And yeah, um, six foot 180 is not even undersized in my eyes. It's perfectly average for the NHL. So I'm not really worried at all with Perek. And I think he's going to be a great NHLer, uh, which is why I have him ranked third overall. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know uh, what players uh, we should have ranked that you think uh, that, that you think were ranked lower or higher than they were, than they should be. And leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to think uh, to talk about on the next show as well. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, make sure to rank, rate, and review. It helps out the channel out a lot. Make sure to make us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, check out Locked On Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. Um, and then uh, make sure to tune in for our next episode as we talk about the top WHLers in the 2024 NHL Draft. This has been Hattie Calacash with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.